Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Louisville football game just ended. And now it's time for you to react. It's the Louisville football postgame show on Sports Talk 790. Fueled by Thornton's. Now here's Nick Coffey. All right, welcome in to our last Louisville football postgame show of the season here on Sports Talk 790. Fueled by Thornton's Nick Coffey with you as uh, Louisville. Uh, their season comes to an end with uh, some real disappointment. And I don't know if the disappointment tonight is just about tonight because tonight was certainly disappointing. The last three games, certainly disappointing. But does it give you real disappointment when it comes to the actual season as a whole? And I think there may be some folks that tonight say that, and I get it, and maybe in a few months' time. I mean, let's let's be honest with you. When it comes to the way it ended, nobody's going to say that the last three games were anything other than a disappointment. But when it comes to the season as a whole – are you still disappointed in year one? Because that's what this is. This is the final postgame show. We can certainly discuss what happened tonight. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it, but that's kind of what we're supposed to do. But, um, you know, overall, totally different, uh, what, first 80% of the season compared to the rest of the way. And uh, it sucks. You know, I'm not with... uh, I just I don't feel like tonight in the way the last three games played out. I mean, I just don't have any similar feeling as to what happened in 2016. I wouldn't be shocked if there's people that call into this show tonight and say this is just like 2016. And again, I get it, right? You had a great start, looked like you were in great position to do something special only for you to lose your last three games and then wonder if if any of the uh the success for the first, again, 80% or so of the year was valid. Uh, and, again, there, that's the comparison, but I just don't feel like there's anything similar other than those, other than that, meaning just the, the, the three losses. So, again, it's Louisville Football Postgame Show here on Sports Talk 790. If you want to give us a call this evening, you can, 502-571-7900. That is the number as uh, Louisville loses tonight to USC and uh, finishes their season with a 10-4 and record, again, losing their last three games. And just some obvious quick takeaways uh, for me tonight, and I'm sure it's what a lot of you guys uh, saw and thought as well. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's some observations that I have that you guys didn't pick up on, but I'll just start with this. And it's not an excuse. It's not me telling you, hey, what are you going to do, right? You, sh- you know, Louisville was favored for good reason. This USC defense was bad all year against anybody they played, and I mean anybody. And Louisville's offense really never got it rolling outside of just giving it to Isaac Garendo, which I'm not sure they shouldn't have given him the ball every single time. I'm not sure uh, he shouldn't have, you know, broke a record for the most carries anybody's ever received in a football game at any level uh, because outside of him – Nothing really seemed to uh, to be working. You know, Jack Plummer was Jack Plummer. You know, he had the fumble early. Uh, of course, the late, just bad throw that essentially, you know, was a tackle on his own receiver given the way he placed the ball, where it landed. Um, you know, he's injured, and they still went with him. I mean, I, I, I think I'm – and this is not – this is probably not something I should say, but it's just the honest truth. I'm not sure if – I mean – I just can't go there with the whole conversation about the quarterback because I'm not here to tell you Jack Plummer is anything other than what our eyeballs told us he was all year. I mean, he was a weakness to this team. I said it probably every postgame show. Even when Louisville won, it wasn't because he was doing something as a quarterback that you just, you know, 
defenses didn't have any answer for, right? He was a game manager, and he played well enough for you to win, but he wasn't why you were winning. But they were never going to not play him at quarterback. He was always going to be the guy. And I don't know if you'd have played somebody different throughout the year, if your results would have been different. I really don't know. I mean, Jack didn't do a whole lot out there with his arm this year that I thought, you know, was just, you know, something you couldn't expect somebody that's on the sideline to do. But he was always going to be the guy this year. And going into this bowl game, he was going to be the guy. And I know the way it ended and the way he played tonight, it, it makes everybody angry. And, and there seems to be a real level of, of, of hate towards him. And I get it. He's not a great quarterback, and we've had some really good ones. We've been very spoiled at that position. But – I mean, I say this, and I know it's going to sound like I'm defending Jack Plummer, and that's not what I'm doing, but that's probably how some of you are going to hear it. Lovett didn't lose tonight because of Jack Plummer. I mean, he wasn't good enough. He didn't play well. He was certainly a factor in the loss, but it was far from just him. You know, Louisville's defense, I don't know what the hell happened the last month or so of the season. I mean, it really started against Virginia to where they just – couldn't stop giving up chunk plays. Couldn't couldn't really get to the quarterback efficiently, and then uh, I should say effectively. And then from there, you know, it just it, they were out of sorts. Guys looked gassed. Guys just kind of, I mean, unsure of themselves. Didn't have a whole lot of energy. Didn't have a whole lot of fire defensively outside of you know. Not to say they were bad every single possession for the last four games, but clearly. This was a defense that was the strength of this team. It sounds insane to say because we're talking about a team that's led by Jeff Brom who's having success. I mean, this was a team that got off to a great start, ended up in the top. I mean, they finished in the top 15 in the final college football playoff rankings. They were top 10 for a while, right? And it wasn't because their offense was – I mean, their offense was fine. I mean, they were efficient – I mean, Jamar Jordan was sensational. Jamari Thrash um, clearly was missed tonight, and he's a really good player. I'm not acting like the offense wasn't good, but if you were going to look at this team when it comes to, to, to statistics and you were going to just watch them play with your eyeballs, even as, a, even as an average football viewer, fan, whatever, you would say the defense was, a, was the strength of this team for a huge chunk of the season, and then that just changed. And I'm not putting it all on the defense, but – Louisville kind of fell apart late. That's, I think that's, I think that's pretty obvious. And I know that USC was without a lot of guys, but so was Louisville. And let's just be honest with ourselves. As of now, maybe this changes down the line, but Louisville can be without their star running back and their star receiver, and USC can be without their star quarterback, their star receiver, and their star running back. And you know what? They're still going to have more talent than you. That didn't mean that they should they should beat you. I mean, you could still win Louisville. I think they played better and they tightened some things up. They could have won tonight. Again, it didn't look that way because of how it ended. They ended up losing a game by two touchdowns when they were favored by a touchdown. But, um, you know, you did play a team with some talent, and I'm not happy to see it. But I can't say I'm surprised that there seemed to be a very evident – talent gap between Louisville and USC tonight and that's not again I don't say that as like well hey everybody calm down don't be upset they got better players because I get it I was frustrated as well it sucked to see that but it was the truth and uh, you know I think that's why you have to always be looking for talent I mean I'll save it because I know the quarterback conversation is probably going to be one that I'll just kind of let you guys run with because I know it's going to be something a lot of folks have thoughts on. And that's fine. I'm not saying that to, like, tell you, hey, go ahead and get it out of the way. You're wrong. I understand all the criticism for Plummer. I get, I, I get it. I guess for me, I just have known all along there was never a scenario where they were going to go to a different guy. So I've just never – it's never it's never even been in my brain, hey, are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? I mean, they weren't, and they didn't. So – um, you know, I guess because I've just known that I've never even thought about them playing a different quarterback. Now, if you want to have a critic, you know, if you want to claim that they sh- they should have done that and should have always gone to a different guy from you know maybe day one, that's a different conversation. But they weren't going to do that this year. 
So, anyways, when it comes to the other positions, I mean, maybe some of this is on Plummer, but I think, and it is. I mean, some of it is on Plummer. Let's be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to act like I'm defending the guy, but when I tell you that Louisville's receivers aren't as good as they need to be, that has nothing to do with Plummer. These guys can't create separation. They drop balls too. And I think they would have done the same thing if it was a different quarterback. I think that's why you've seen Jeff Brom and his staff be so adamant about getting receivers in the portal because they need outside of Jamari Thresh, they just haven't had a guy that can really create much separation. I mean, same thing at tight end. Tight end position was a mess tonight. So, I mean, offensively, Isaac Arendo played great. Outside of that, I'm not sure what Louisville did well offensively. And I'm not really sure what they did well defensively from top to bottom. Great play by Quincy O'Reilly to give Louisville some life when they needed it most at the beginning of the second half. But, I mean, that that feels a little way a little, you know, pretty quickly because Louisville couldn't get stops. And, yes, this is going to be the game. I mean, I don't know if this kid will end up uh, being a superstar. Wouldn't be shocked if he was given what we saw tonight. But, um, I mean, this USC quarterback, you heard them talking about it on the uh, on the on the broadcast there many, many times throughout the entire evening. Lincoln Riley didn't go to the portal, and I'll be honest, I'll admit, hand up. I'm I'm an idiot. Just I just assumed that because they ended the season so poorly and there has been so much noise about him maybe going to the NFL and that, you know, he's been such a, a disappointment and he's not given USC near the results that uh you know they would have expected that maybe he couldn't get a quarterback in the portal, which again, I'm a dumbass. That's stupid because all he does is get quarterbacks and turn them into Heisman Trophy winners. That's literally what he does. And, I mean, Miller Moss was was unbelievable tonight. I mean, 23 of 33, six touchdowns, 372 yards. So here's my prediction. I think this guy's going to end up being a really, really good quarterback that does, you know, Heisman-type things because – Again, he showed the talent tonight, and Lincoln Riley, this is kind of what he does. Or he's going to end up being a dude that we just remember because of this performance. <laughs> and we think, oh, goodness, how did Louisville make him look that good? Because that's, I mean, that's what they did. So it's a bummer. There's no doubt Louisville losing their last three games of the season after getting off to such a tremendous start. It's a sour ending. I know Jeff Brom and his staff uh, – I think they're going to be able to balance it. At least I hope they'll be able to balance it well and kind of build on the success they did have. But the ending was bad, and it was concerning, and nobody on this roster should be feeling comfortable as far as you know their position because I think the guys that you would feel pretty comfortable in as far as you know them realizing they're, they, they, they probably don't have to worry about playing time. They probably don't have to worry about you know getting beat out for a job or getting recruited over. Those guys are either still deciding if they want to go to the NFL or not, or they're leaving. They're graduating. So I, uh, I'll i let you guys react. 502-571-7900 is the number. If you'd like to join us again, it is the Louisville football postgame show here on Sports Talk 790, fueled by Thorntons. Appreciate you guys staying up late with us. And uh, we will get things started off with James. James, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's happening? Nick, how we doing, my man? It's been a fun season. Yeah, it has. It's been uh, it's been fun. I mean, it was it was a good first year, in my opinion, overall, top to bottom. But there's no way to there's no way to really change the last three games. It was disappointing, no doubt. You know, if if basketball's 12 and 0 right now, we're not feeling so bad about football. So that makes it a little tougher, but. My real question is, I, I understand that, that Jeff was always going to stick with Plummer, but my my concern is, how do we have eight other quarterbacks on the roster and on a night where he's injured his hand, his throwing hand, we don't go to anyone else? And I just didn't know what you thought about that. Uh, thanks for the call, James. I appreciate it. I will say this. Eight quarterbacks on the roster is just something Jeff wants it's not because he feels like he's got eight guys. I mean, I know it's it, it would probably be a good tagline to use, but he doesn't have eight quarterbacks on the roster because he thinks eight quarterbacks are good enough to be his guy. And I think everybody knows that. Uh, but, I mean, do you all think that Brock Dolman and, I mean, 
Evan Conley. I mean, those are the two most experienced guys. I mean, those guys. I mean, here, here's you know, here's the reality. Those those guys aren't as good as Jack Plummer. They may do some things better here and there, but they're just not. In evidence, film, any anybody would tell you that. That doesn't mean that Jack's great, but look at those two guys. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. And then the other quarterbacks you mentioned, a lot of them are walk-ons. Um, I know Pierce Clarkson. I know that's a name ever. But, no, I mean, I don't think Pierce was ever going to be a guy that played a lot this year. And here's the thing. He may not be a guy that plays a lot next year. And that's just because the quarterback position has changed over, over time. I mean, maybe there's a chance Pierce Clarkson's sitting there with the performance just waiting to pop out like the kid did tonight for USC. I mean, maybe. Who knows? But Jack Plummer was the, the, the best option that they had. I mean, unless you just want to throw out a true freshman that's never played legitimate – I mean, that's never played college football at all. I mean, am I missing – I know Harrison Bailey, former five-star – who started his career at Tennessee, transferred to UNLV, couldn't keep the job there, transferred to Louisville as a walk-on. I mean, he's an option, and I actually think they do like him and what he can do, but he wasn't going to be the guy. So, I mean, I think Jeff taking the job when he did and the Austin Reed kid at WKU deciding not to – and I need to check on this because, you know, facts I think are important. He either entered the portal – and pulled his name out, or he didn't end up entering it at all. But it was a foregone conclusion. He was hitting the portal, and he was going to come to Louisville and play for Jeff Brom. And that just didn't happen because WKU was able to entice him to stay. So he did that. And that led to quarterback options in the portal, being Jack Plummer, a guy who Jeff knows, has familiarity with, understands what Jeff wants as a quarterback. So that's what they ran with. And, look, I hope that Tyler Shuck, the transfer from Texas Tech by way of Oregon, is legit. But I get why people look at him and say, okay, are we getting another guy who's played a lot of college football? But, man, I'm just not hearing of him. Must not mean he's that good. I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's what I believe, but I know that there are people that have that reaction, and I totally understand it. I totally understand it. So with, with him hurt, though, that changed things. And we'll move on to the, to, to the other callers in just one second, but I do want to say this. Him playing hurt was different. It actually didn't – it never surprised me that they didn't pull him. But him being hurt, I can't tell you with my eyeballs if Jack Plummer's struggles tonight had anything to do with his injury because I've seen him when he's, to our knowledge, fully healthy, make really terrible decisions, really terrible throws. <laughs> so them them going with him may not have had anything to do with them – well, he's hurt, but you know what? He gives us the best option. I mean, I don't again. I'm not. I don't want to downplay his injury, but he's been he's been that same dude whenever he's healthy. So, I mean, I always I never want to act like because I'm not speaking for anybody. But do you all think Pierce Clarkson wanted to be thrown in the game tonight, down two touchdowns to start the half or something like? Maybe he does because, you know, guys want to compete, guys want the reps, guys want the action. But that's not an ideal spot for a guy that you hope to be your, you know, this day and age, your franchise quarterback at the college level. So I'm not telling you that he didn't want to play, but I do feel comfortable in telling you there's never been any pressure from the Clarkson family, Pearson, everybody around him that he needs to be playing right now. So, I mean – I, I don't think, you know, I know there are some people that are thinking, well, man, if this kid couldn't get on the field as a as a phenom quarterback coming out of high school, which I'm not saying he was that, but clearly he was very highly regarded and there's a lot of people that thought the world of him. But, I mean, I don't think him not getting on the field this year is like, damn, the kid must not be any good. I just think, think it, things the quarterback positions change so much in college football. And last thing I'll say about Plummer, at least from my end, until we go back to the phone lines is this. We talk all the time about players opting out. And I think we've, we've, we've become a little bit more used to it now, to where it's not a huge surprise. I mean, I'm sure people don't like it and they're bothered by it, but I just feel like the noise, you know, criticizing guys who do that, I don't feel like is, is what it once was because, again, we're just used to it now. And if you give it some thought, if a guy's going to sit out because he wants to get ready for the NFL, I mean, it's their, it's their future. It's their career. So – 
I think if you pull a guy who held, who was a part of you winning 10 games and he's healthy and he wants to play and he's not going to the NFL and you pull him and just go with somebody else, you're telling a lot of your team indirectly, in my opinion, that you don't, you're not even really focused on winning because the guy who was there, and I'm not telling you that Jack Plummer was the reason you won 10 games because I know some people hear it that way and that's not what I'm saying at all. But consider what I'm saying. Listen to me. If they just decided – well, we're going to go in a different direction for this bowl game, then how could they ever blame anybody for not wanting to play and opting out because you're saying you're going against what you've done all year that helped you win games? Am I making sense or am I sounding like a crazy person, John? Like no, that's, you're making sense. That's, that's, I mean, nobody considers that. That's a fact. If you're just going to go with a different dude who has been the guy, and again, that's not me saying he's great. That's not me saying that he's the reason you won. I get it. He's not very good. But he was the guy all year, and then he's just not because, well, what are we going to do? I mean, we have nothing to gain here. Okay, well, then why would anybody play? What we, why, why would anybody want to suit up and play for you? It, it, why would they? they? They should just sit out and, I mean, stay healthy and maybe hit the portal, maybe, you know, sniff the NFL, see if they can get an invite to the combine. Like, nobody considers that stuff, and you have to consider that when you're a head coach. And I, don't, I just don't get it. All right, let's do one more call here before we get to our break. If you're on hold, stick with us. We'll get to you. Let's go to Sam. Sam, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's up? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I think the overall season was a success. We were better in the trenches across the board, offensive line, defensive line. You saw that tonight. Our offensive line was able to get push. You know, other than that big run they had late, <clears throat> the defensive line was good. You know, we're good up there, but man, the the talent gap on the outs on the perimeter was just awful. I mean, Devin Neal and Storm Duck got literally abused tonight. I hope their um, children never see that footage tonight. If, if yeah, they I mean, it kids. Was bad. that was bad. No, I, Neal, I felt I mean, sad Storm for them. That was bad. The half, and yeah, and then Devin Neal. I mean, it was like the quarterback was just doing Kobe Bryant backflip fadeaways and just it, the ball. I mean, it was just it Devin was Neal, Devin Neal. And I hate to say this. I don't know him. Don't know anything about him. I, he looked like somebody, I mean, he looked, he looked like he'd gained 20 pounds since the break. And I don't mean good weight and I'm not fat shaming anybody. Cause he's clearly in better shape than me. And maybe you, I don't know, but they had dudes out there in the secondary, the, the two names you mentioned that I just feel like they, I mean, I, I, if I didn't know their names, I'd believe you if you told me they walked on the team a week ago. Like, it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. And then, you know, I think, you know, Jawar Jordan and Jamari Thrash, you know, they they were, they were kind of masked a lot of our – No doubt. You know, they were able to create explosive, explosive plays and, you know – we had they were different. They were different. Able to, There's no know, doubt. Create sacks and pressures and turnovers, and we, we just didn't get that tonight. And you saw the the talent gap on the outside. It was really, it was really ugly for the secondary. I mean, that's we got to get that fixed ASAP. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I appreciate the call, Sam. Good to hear from you. And what's wild is that the defense ended up being again good this year until they weren't. And I don't know what changed. I don't know what. I don't know what, you know, maybe, I mean, clearly I think competition level was, was different. I mean, let's be honest, the last three games you played that you lost, you were facing certain components of each of those teams are just better than some of the teams. I mean, we can say we won about Kentucky, but they have some talented players. I don't feel like that was a good example because Louisville really, I mean, did all the things you have to do to lose that game. That's not taking it away from Kentucky, but um, no. Those two guys specifically that, that, that we know were stars that didn't play tonight, Thrash and Jordan, they were able they were just different they were different guys those were the kind of guys that every team you play is probably going to have to really make sure that they're accounting for because they're 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 very they're talented dudes they could play for almost any team now would they be as productive elsewhere i don't know but you know there's also some dudes on Louisville's team that are four or five year guys that have been around and they've been around either here or they've been around elsewhere and they've transferred in and they're not elite guys by any means and uh, i think that really really showed tonight and the secondary, I remember talking to somebody from within right before the season started that, that had told me they were scared to death about how bad the secondary could be, especially when uh, MJ Griffin went down early in the year, or early in camp before the season started. 
I mean, it put fear in me to think, oh, God, are we going to be bad? <laughs> is the, and I don't mean the secondary. I mean, is the team going to be bad because the defense is so bad? And then Ron English's defense was phenomenal in the first six, seven games. And the secondary was good. And I do think they have some decent pieces here and there. But, I mean, let's just call it like it is. There's some dudes out there that, that, that have played that occasionally will make a play. But when you get, when you, you know, I talked about it on the show this afternoon. These dudes who balled out tonight for USC, they play for USC. That means they probably picked USC over a lot of elite schools. They've got talent. They may not have had a ton of opportunity because they're playing behind some other talented dudes, but the talent gap was there. And uh, I can't say that that's something that I didn't see coming because, again, and this is not an I told you so moment, but, I mean, when you're talking about dudes who didn't get to play a lot but they've been sitting there waiting as a redshirt freshman or something at a place like USC, there's a good chance they've got a lot of a lot of God-given talent. And that really showed tonight. And I didn't – I mean, I thought Louisville could have clearly done some things better to prevent that. But I think there were some plays tonight where, look, you got, you got their dude going up to get a ball and you got Louisville's dude trying to defend it. And I'd say nine out of ten times, most likely scenarios, those dudes on their end are going to go make a play. And that's that's what happened. So, all right, quick break. We'll come back and keep this thing rolling along. The number is 502-571-7900. If you want to jump in and join us, if you're on hold, we'll get to you here in just a moment. So stick with us again. It's the Louisville Football Postgame Show, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. When I die, I put my money in a grave. I really got to put a couple in a place. Really just left every in a race. I really might tap real on my face. Welcome back. It is the Louisville Football Postgame Show here on Sports Talk 790 as Louisville's uh, first season of the Jeff Brom era comes to a disappointing end, meaning the end was in fact disappointed. A team that started off 10-1, and feeling really good about where they were, and uh, from there it, uh, it, 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 it slipped away. I mean, again, I, I mean, I, I know people listening now maybe even maybe even people on hold would disagree and feel differently and that's fine I mean you can have your opinion I'll have mine um but you know I I think the last three games I mean even though you had two teams that just beat you the last two games you played that didn't have their star quarterback I mean I still think that I mean, it's it's understandable how you how you lose. Now, the way it happened, I think, is a little different. But I'm also um, aware that, for the most part, no loss, how it looks, is going to be a loss that anybody's cool with, right? I mean, in the ACC championship game, it was an offensive embarrassment. Uh, their quarterback was awful, too, but they still won. But you know what? You played an elite defense against Kentucky. I mean, that one really sucked, but... You know, you did some things at the worst possible time that kept that game alive for Kentucky, and they made plays and won. And then tonight, I mean, you could have won the game, but uh, you weren't good enough in just about every area outside of one, and that was running the ball. And if I learned anything about from tonight's game, it, it, I guess, I mean, I don't think I learned this. I think if you'd asked me – Six weeks ago, before I knew Louisville was playing USC in a bowl game, despite USC's struggles, despite the fact that they were one of the more disappointing teams in the country, if you asked me do they have better talent than Louisville, I probably would have said yeah. And I probably would have realized I should have answered quicker than I did because it's a no-brainer. And I hope to one day change that. It doesn't mean Louisville can't beat a team like this. It doesn't mean that there's no reason to even play them. But... You can't play poorly against them in just about every phase and expect to win. And also, I think there's some dudes on this team that had had new life. I mean, I hate even saying it because I know it sounds like sore loser kind of stuff, you know, as far as, you know, people don't realize USC was great. I'm not telling you that, but I do think – You've got some new life when you're a young guy that hasn't got a lot of reps and you get a chance to play. I mean, you don't think this was a huge game for their quarterback? I mean, he knew going in this was his chance, and he took advantage of it. I mean, that was impressive. So I think once they got momentum, you know, and Louisville countered here and there, which they did, 
this is a group that is different than the group they just had. I mean, they have, I think, two full-time defensive coaches on their staff during the bowl prep because they fired their D.C. So, I mean, I'm not saying Louisville, um, you know, doesn't deserve criticism for how they finished this season and how the game went tonight because they clearly could have done some things better. But I was impressed with the personnel from USC. And I guess, again, more than anything, I should just not be that surprised because USC, especially under Lincoln Riley, is always going to have more talent than just about every team they play. Doesn't mean they can't lose. Doesn't mean you can't beat them. But tonight there were some dudes just out there making plays that we didn't have an answer for when it comes to personnel, and I hope they can change that in the portal. Hope they can change that with better players down the line. But if they don't, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world because, again, you know, USC, what made this game attractive is you're playing a brand. They weren't good this year compared to what they were supposed to be, but they're still USC, and – I kind of lost sight of that a little bit. Not thinking Louisville was going to crush him again. I, I felt like a – I mean, I feel like a fool a lot of times on the air. But I felt like a fool today during my show live out at Boomba's because I'd never really given much thought about what I thought would happen in this game. And a lot of that's because Louisville has given us, as I've said, a mixed bag of results to where I'm aware they can play well, compete, and give themselves a chance to beat a lot of teams, good teams. But I also know they can play poorly and lose to just about anybody or put them in a position to potentially lose to anybody. So because of that, I've always just gone into the game, most games against teams that I know have good players like USC and just said, let's see what happens. You know, let's see if they can execute and, and let's see what Jeff's got, you know, up his sleeve. And, you know, tonight they didn't they didn't have enough. And I don't know if anybody pays attention to these kind of things when it comes to, you know, the spread. But Louisville lost their last three games – and they were favored by – they were favored in every game. I don't know if it kicked off. I think it did kick off Louisville minus one against Florida State. They were minus seven and a half against Kentucky and then minus six today. So these last three losses, I mean, again, two of the four – two of the three you played, I don't think anybody would, would object are good teams. Some would say really good teams when it comes to just talent. But you were favored and lost them all, and that's disappointing. I mean, that's a component that I consider. It's, that's, that's objective people, people who set these lines that don't have any rooting interest. They're saying that they think that you are – well, they're not always saying they think you're better. I mean, they are by the spread, but that's not the whole part of it. But, you know, to lose those games as favorites, um, you know, it's an added component to it that makes it even more disappointing for me. But I have no problem in saying it, and if people disagree, that's fine. I don't look at this year as a disappointment. I think this year was um, was a hell of a start for Brom, but you know they gotta they gotta keep it rolling along, and I think they know that. There's no, I don't think anybody's feeling as if something substantial was accomplished over there in that locker room when it comes to the staff. I think they realize they should have been better down the stretch here, and they're going to do everything they can as coaches to 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 make sure that doesn't happen again. And that could be, you know, doing things better on their end as coaches, but also getting better players. I mean, that's, I don't mean that as a knock on the guys that Louisville has on this team, but, you know, you're going to play against USC and Florida State late in the year. I think you're going to need some better players at certain positions. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 502-571-7900 is the number. Again, it's the Louisville football postgame show fueled by Thornton's here on Sports Talk 790. Let's go to Taylor. Taylor. You're on Sports Talk 790. What's happening? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I've been pacing for 32 minutes and 47 seconds. <laughs> well, thanks for waiting, man. So, no, absolutely. So, I got a drink in hand. I've just finished up the game. I have a couple points to point out. Okay. The 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 momentum that you were talking about earlier. Okay, I feel like. When we stopped him, the three and out in the very beginning, I said, okay, cool. We're doing good, okay? When Jack, when he got fumbled, when we fumbled the ball, I was like, uh-oh. This is not good. This is like a team that's hungry for something, and they got it. So they're able to score. It's like, okay. And after that, the floodgates kind of opened up. Second point, okay, Dorendo. I swear to God, if I do not see him on Sundays, that's a blasphemy for the NFL. I'll tell you that much right now. Because that dude is a multi-weapon for any offense out there. Okay? 
Number three, the secondary, like you were talking about earlier, Neil, all them, like what's going on? Like did Thanksgiving just hurt them? What's what's up? Like yeah, I think uh, I think with with Neil and some of the other guys, I mean. They didn't. I mean, they were they were part. Of, I mean, they they played, but they weren't key guys. I don't think. Um, and Louisville did have, lose some guys to injury, and um, you know they've 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 played some guys in spots. Neil playing as much as he did in the second half was a surprise to me. But look, let's just. I mean, he was a kid from Kentucky, uh, Lexington. Went to Baylor. Didn't play much there. Couldn't get on the field. Transferred to Louisville, and you know I think he's probably a mid level player at best and he got exposed i mean he i felt bad for him i mean obviously you know i think i think he if he goes back and watches the film he'll feel bad and realize that he could have done better but he just got burned by dudes who were you know salivating at the thought of him defending them if that makes sense was that the usb uh, tight end was it the tight end that burned him uh i know there was at least two touchdowns from receivers not tight ends i believe that uh okay. that he was on the wrong end of but yeah it was, yeah it was just like oh my god like come on man like we got that one and then i think there was one play i paused it on my youtube tv and rewinded it and it was just like jack just handed off grindo it was a one-on-one he was wide open you could put a freight truck through that hole and it was like just give it to him like he is he's got a touchdown like he's a one-on-one with free safety up there and Jack takes it. Well, I think he still gets the first down, but it's like, dude, you got to take advantage of that. Like, you got to like let you know Garindo do his thing because he yep. was. Yeah, Garindo. Garindo was great, uh, and I mean, they gave him a healthy amount of carries. I do think early on they went away from him whenever there didn't really seem to be a reason to do that. You know, Jeff has shown this year at times to really seem to want to integrate a passing game with Plummer when it's really not needed and, and isn't working. And I don't know if it would have made as big of a difference tonight, but to me, you know, Garindo was never not working and they went away from it and I really don't understand it. And at times, you know, I, I think, you know, Jeff will, this is not to make Jeff Brown sound like the perfect coach that's never made a mistake, but, you know, he will, if Jeff dials something up and it didn't work in, meaning, Jack Plummer didn't throw the right pass, or guys dropped the ball. I mean, we we started the game with a terrible drop at the beginning of the game with Amari Huggins-Bruce. I mean, would have been a huge play. Uh, they ended up scoring on that drive. But I think when those things happened, you know, just my just just my thought here is that maybe Jeff doesn't realize is that as a failure. It didn't ha- it didn't work, but because because guys didn't execute. So in his mind, it's like. I don't know. It's some, sometimes it seems as if if he knows what he's dialing up is going to be there if guys execute. In his mind, he's going to keep doing it till they execute rather than just realizing, hey, I could just keep giving it to Isaac Garindo. And even earlier this year at times, you felt like they could go. I mean, here's one thing that, that, I, that wouldn't shock me, and I, and I appreciate the phone call, uh, and I appreciate you holding as long as you did there, Taylor. But I will say this. When it comes to the running back duo of Jawar Jordan and Isaac Garendo, it's so tough to know what any running back in the college level is really going to do in the NFL just because of what that position's turned into. But I feel comfortable in saying Louisville had a duo as good as any duo, duo I can remember playing here in a very long time. And there was a lot to show for. Jawar, when healthy, was an All-American. And Garendo uh, really emerged when Jawar wasn't healthy. But... And it's not that they weren't a big factor. So I guess I don't really know what I'm complaining about. But I just, you know, with Jeff being, you know, the, the coach that he is when it comes to his brand, high-powered offense, vertical, really going downfield. I mean, if the team would have just completely adopted the identity, and they had good balance for the most part. But I think at times this year, if you just give teams the help, you know, if you, if you keep it balanced enough but really just emphasize running the damn ball, I feel like teams would have had a tough time stopping you. And tonight they put them – they got behind. And I think they got behind because of, you know, the offense not working when Jack had the, the fumble and you had, you know, just missed opportunities, special teams goofs, right, that block punt – those kind of things made it to where you couldn't do that as much. And had you done it earlier, you may not have been in a position to where you had to battle back and realized you can't just hand it off every time. So, um, yeah, Garindo was phenomenal. You know, tonight was not a good night for Louisville overall, but he was great. And I don't know. I've had a few people ask me this on the text line, on Twitter, and I don't know the answer. He's a fifth-year guy. I believe he's a fifth-year guy. And 
There are some that believe he could have another year with a waiver because of maybe COVID. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but if he wanted to come back, bring him on back. I mean, he's a he's a really, really, really good running back that not only is a, a tough runner with good speed, good size, I think he's got great vision, but he's also a guy that can catch balls out of the backfield. So, yeah, Gurindo was was great tonight. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone lines here as we keep this thing rolling along into Thursday morning. It's now past midnight here as Louisville's season has come to an end. Disappointing ending overall. I certainly think the season was um, successful in year one for a coach that just took over. You have 10 wins, and hard to imagine Louisville football ever having a 10-win season and not feeling like a success, feeling like you accomplished something special. But when you lose your last three, it's harder to look at it that way. I mean, I don't think that's – I don't think that changes anything as far as top to bottom, which it did – but when the ending was the way this thing ended, I get why people, especially right now, look at this and feel disappointed. I do. I get it. All right, 502-571-7900 is the number. Let's go to Ben. Ben, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Man, that, that hurt. Uh, this is a bad, bad last few games, man. Uh, really stings, especially, like I said, being favorite and all of them. Really supposed to win all of them, and, and he didn't. Uh, this sucks, man. Do you, do you put anything into that Jeff Brown in the big game thing, man? I don't know. I mean, our four big games we had this year, he went one and three. I mean, do you think that's anything, Nick? Uh, I mean, I, I think – I mean, I don't uh, – well, I guess big game is all relative. To I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't think tonight was a big game. I mean, it would have been nice to win, and it would have been – I mean, hell yeah, I wanted to win, but I don't. I don't view this as a game that would have. It would have given you eleven, and they didn't want to lose the last three games of the year. So I'm not trying to act like it did. But when it comes to having your guys ready in a big, big matchup, um, you know, this year I feel like they did that against Notre Dame um, at the time, and it's tough to say it now. But at the time, I feel like they did it against Duke, and I think they. I mean, they lost against Kentucky, but I don't know if it was because they came out and just didn't play well. They clearly didn't didn't do what was needed. So I think Jeff has done enough in his time at everywhere he's been that he's a guy that has shown he can. I mean, in fact, I'll be honest with you, man, I think that's why they're favored in some of these games is because people realize that his team's usually – I mean, Jeff – put it this way. Jeff's resume is he'll win a big game. He'll lose to anybody, like the Pittsburgh loss. That was a loss that, unfortunately – really makes everybody look correct when they say this guy's a good coach, but, man, he'll get his guys up for a big game, but he'll lose to a bum out of nowhere. He did it at Purdue. I don't really know if he did it at Western. So my thoughts on him is getting his guys up for a big game hasn't really changed because I think there was no bigger moment, no bigger opportunity than what they did against Notre Dame. And I still think that matters, even though it seems like it was a lifetime ago, right? But, no, I mean, the Kentucky game, I can't give them credit for you know for doing anything. They lost. I mean, I think some crazy things happened. But, you know, Louisville could have clearly prevented that, and they didn't. So to answer your question, I still feel like he's a guy that will have his team ready. I don't know if that means they're always going to win. But I don't look tonight, – look, tonight to me was not a game. I mean, he didn't – put it this way and you can disagree and that's totally fine I'm just gonna give my honest opinion because you asked me the question I'm not gonna judge Jeff on winning a big game uh like have you know now you you got to shine right all eyeballs all eyeballs are on you this is a huge moment for you as a coach and your program when your two de- your two best players didn't play and again neither did USC's but I'm well aware USC just has better players than us and that's not something we want to hear but it's just the reality so I know that was a long-winded answer I apologize Ben no, you're good, man. Sure, man. Yeah, it, it's just tough. When you lose three in a row, you kind of start questioning everything. You know, sure, absolutely. You question everything. <laughs> yeah, you you question how some of these guys are on the damn team when you watch it. I get yeah. it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. But I get off for now. I'm gonna ask you a question about. Uh, do you think that? And I don't know if it's even be an issue going forward or anything. But do you think that maybe the playbook is just so maybe advanced or complicated that Plumber's the only one that can handle it? That's or, a great question. Do you think? Do you think that had anything to do with the quarterback situation this year? I ain't up in this listening to but thank you, Ben. That's a really good question, and I don't. I mean, I wish I knew the answer, and that's a that's a very uh, likely response from somebody when they don't have an answer. But I think you know I wouldn't be shocked at all if there was something to that. Um, I just because you know Jack clearly doesn't have um, an arm 
And, well, he's, Jack's weird because he can make throws at times, but then that's what makes it such a roller coaster of, a, of an experience because you'll see him make a throw that, again, isn't surgical with the arm to where only he could do it, but you're like, okay, that was pretty impressive. And then you'll see him follow it up with one of the dumbest decisions ever. So Jack just having that experience, being around Brom from the jump, certainly helped him. That's why he was here. We'll never know. But Jeff may have went and grabbed Jack Plummer, and it had nothing to do with his talent. It may have just been, this is the guy I need because of what we're doing here, and I know he's at least capable of understanding what I ask of a quarterback. But I think it's a great question by Ben that will be something that probably others bring up as well just because, especially next year. For example, if, you know, if, I'm just trying to think of what the quarterback room looks like. Because you've got another young quarterback coming in this year that just signed with you, a four-star kid from Texas that they like a lot. We all know Pierce Clarkson's here, and I don't think he's going anywhere. You brought in Tyler Shuck, the transfer, the veteran guy. Harrison Bailey's going to be back, I believe. So I think at this point, most would assume that Shuck will likely be your starting quarterback. But I would at least like to know that there's some legit competition going on because, you know, if – I'm going to be careful how I say this because I don't want to contradict myself because I don't think a quarterback in his second year in college should be panicking and running off if he's not the guy because that's just not that – I mean, the kid who played tonight, do people realize his story? I mean, this dude – was Miller Moss, is that his name? I mean – He's been there for a minute, and he's he, he wasn't given the reins until tonight. I mean, they, they, they brought in Jackson Dart, if you know that name, signed it with – I think they both came in the same class. Another top 100 quarterback. They signed him. He was the heir apparent, like he was the next man up. Then they brought in Caleb Williams, and he was great, right? Heisman Trophy winner. And that kid stuck around, and he got a shot, and – I don't know, maybe he would have been able to do what he did tonight if he got the chance three years ago, or maybe he sat back and he developed. I mean, we'll never know. But if if Pierce Clarkson isn't at least getting a chance to compete, and I don't want to insinuate he's not going to because I think deep down, if you ask the coaching staff, did your quarterbacks this year have a chance to compete? We all watched and we, we could tell they weren't going to make a change, and I can tell you they weren't going to make a change. But – at the end of the day, they'll tell you that they let everybody compete because that's just what coaches say. But it's a good question by Ben because he's got me thinking here, and that could be some, there could be something to that. And, it, I mean, heck, again, I, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud here as best as my brain allows me to. I was a little confused by their portal pursuit, right? No offense to this young man coming in. Who I say young man, he is a young man, but he's a lot older. Than, I mean, he's he's been around a long time, right? The uh, the kid is transferring, Tyler Shuck. So the fact that they wanted to go after him isn't a surprise, but there were other bigger names out there that I feel like if you're Jeff Brom, you could have absolutely uh, went after and potentially landed because what quarterback wouldn't want to play for you? Now, NIL's a factor too, and I think NIL's been good to Louisville. I think it's been a factor in why they've been able to have the success they've had in the portal last year and this year. So, again, I don't have the answer, but I think that's a good question from uh, from Ben that maybe others will, will bring up at some point because there's no doubt Jack Plummer throughout the entire year at times made you think, man, this guy may really screw us because we're winning, but, man, he's he's not a huge part in that success in most most instances. And I think the later it got in the year, the more I just realized, hey, this is who we have. Like, this is it. And I started the show by saying this, and it's not to be – I mean, I just wanted to be transparent. I knew they were never going to go with another quarterback. So I guess that's why I never entertained the thought of them bringing somebody else in, and it wasn't because I'm telling you all that you're wrong and that he's great. But as to why they were never going to do it, I think it's just clearly because they felt like he was the best option. He understood what they need from a quarterback. But – is it more to do with the fact that he's just more polished and is experienced? Or is it because, you know, 
he's that much more talented than those guys because I have a hard time believing that. I really do because we watch Jack all year. He's not that talented. He's not, a, he's not as bad as people make him out to be, I can tell you that. But he's, I mean, I don't think there are many programs that would look at Jack Plummer and say, how do you replace this guy, right? It's just, that's just not, just not reality. All right, uh, let's do one more call here before we wrap this thing up. Appreciate everybody sticking with us and, uh, and staying up late. Can we, uh, let's see, let's go to uh, Adam. Adam, you're on Sports Talk 790. How are you this evening? Good, good, Nick. You're doing, I mean, I, you don't sound like you're doing very good, man. But first of all, I wanted to, wanted to wish you and John, y'all's family, Merry Christmas. I've been off this week, so I hadn't 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 listened much. But I want to tell you that and a Happy New Year, first of all, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, so something, and you kind of just touched on it about, I know it's kind of been a vice with Brom. And I, I love Brom. I mean, I think, you know, 10 wins and in a season, his first season here after what we've had is pretty incredible. I mean, I know the way it closed out wasn't great, but, you know, how much is there, in your opinion, to, like, the big games and then coming back the next week and just kind of laying an egg? I mean, with with Notre Dame and then Pittsburgh and then, you know, Miami was built up to be a good game, and after that it just kind of went downhill. I don't know. I mean, is that – is that something mental that 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 you know gets in a coach's head or the player's head? Do they just get hyped up and they just? I don't know. I just thought the team kind of looked flat all night tonight. I, just just me. I mean, I just especially the defense and um, Plummer. I mean, I you know he like you said he's a game manager. I don't think he's gonna go out there and win you games. It's just kind of manage it and and rely on the talent like Thrash and, and, and his running backs. But is there is there more to that? I mean, I hate to say it, but like a sports psychologist, I know they get involved in, in some stuff like that. But, I, I mean, I'm just trying to understand, I mean, big-time program, how much, you know, these big wins like really put you on a high and then coming back and just kind of not looking like the same team, you know, the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, I, well, the, for what you just described, the obvious one is is Notre Dame to Pitt, and that happened, and that was tough for everybody because, I mean, I felt bad for Jeff because he had such, and maybe this maybe this factored into the psychology of it, honestly, but he wanted everybody to know that he's aware that he's had big wins like that before, and each time it's turned into not only a loss the next week, but it's a loss to a team where you're a big favorite and the team you've played isn't any good and they've got a losing record. And he pointed that out and then went out there and it happened again. So he's aware. Maybe he over, maybe he was overthinking it. He threw it 52 times in the rain with Jack Plummer against Pittsburgh when it wasn't necessary. So maybe there's something to that. But I don't I – don't, I mean, I don't – I don't think that they they went from Miami to Kentucky and it was such a high and then it went I I just I don't see a comparison there in that. Now Florida State, I mean, Florida State's just a lot better. I know they were awful offensively, but you know, um they they're just better. And then this game, it's a standalone, is it not? I mean, they had a month off, right? Roughly a month off. I mean, again, I'm not saying that they that's an excuse to not play well and not win. But I just I don't think tonight is a how do you how do you lose this one whenever you're coming off a big win I mean they haven't won since they beat Miami, so I mean I don't know how to answer your question and I appreciate the call Adam I don't I mean the the whole beating a really good team monumental win for you as a coach and your program following it up with a dud unfortunately that's followed Jeff that's a real thing that I know he knows he brings it up it bothers him. But I don't know if there's any – I don't think this year there was any instance of that other than Notre Dame and Pitt. Just just my opinion. That's not to say that they should have lost these last three games. Again, they were favored. I mean, I don't know. People are telling me they weren't favored when the Florida State game kicked off, and you could be right. But I'm looking at Sportsline.com, which tracks teams' records against the spread and their records with totals and all that. And, I mean, it's showing Louisville minus one. So – yeah, maybe it changed, but either way, the last three games, very disappointing. Very disappointing. There's no doubt about it. And when I say this, it's not me trying to tell people that if they're frustrated, 
concerned, sad, whatever, that, that, they're, that they're unjustified in, in, in feeling that way. But, like, I know tonight they played against a team that, that just has better players at certain spots. And, you know, I think you can, you can play the way you did against NC State at their place and beat them because of, you know, their talent level. You can play like that against Indiana and find a way to win. I mean, look, we all know this this season top to bottom, and I don't think anybody out there has tried to act like Louisville didn't end up with a 10-win season because of how the schedule's set up. Now, did you play a bunch of patsies from the MAC? No, but you played teams that, you know, you winning was not a big surprise because of who they were. I hope I'm making sense here because there's a there's a big difference in playing an FCS team and three G5 teams and then playing eight conference opponents. And to be honest with you, Louisville's conference opponents, I'm not here to tell you they're great, but they weren't the worst teams in the country. I mean, hell, Boston College, Virginia Tech, I mean, a lot of Louisville teams. They, they, a lot of Louisville teams in the ACC. A lot of teams Louisville played in the ACC went to bowl games. And again, that doesn't mean they're good. You can be six and six, even five and seven, and sneak into a bowl game. But if you've been somebody that has tracked it sort of all year with the understanding that yeah, you probably should have lost to NC State. Man, you could have easily lost to Indiana, who fired their coach. Georgia Tech was an awful second quarter, and you needed a really big, big run in the second half to be able to get out of there with the win. So if you've just kind of kept it in perspective and you've understood that this team did, in fact, win games and they won them in times where it didn't look likely, and I think that's a, that's a good thing to develop. I think that's a skill that teams can acquire throughout. You've been in a tough spot. I mean, hell, they probably should have lost to Virginia, who was bad this year. So if you've just known that all along, once we get to these games, when you play teams that you know maybe aren't elite, but they got players – better than the bums I just mentioned that you barely beat, right? And you lost to one of the bums in Pittsburgh. So I get the disappointment, and I didn't predict that they finished the season losing three games in a row, but if you really just take a step back and look at everything from a from a, you know, from afar, this isn't this isn't some how the hell did it happen? How did it end up like this? The one game that really really sucked, and I'm not just saying it this because they're the rival but the Kentucky game, I mean, that was one that you shouldn't have lost. You were at home. You were better by all accounts. You did – I mean, go look at the numbers from that game. You did everything you had to do to lose it. That doesn't mean I'm not giving Kentucky credit because they are always ready to play in that game, and they made Louisville pay for every costly mistake. That's what teams do. But if you win that one, I think things look a little different because then you're heading into – I mean, you're losing to Florida State, and I think you're looking at it a lot, of diff- you're looking at it a lot differently. And hell, you may not have even played tonight. You may be playing in the Orange Bowl because if you're 11 and, or sorry, if you are, if you're 11 and one, and you're playing Florida State and they beat you, maybe they end up in the Orange Bowl, or maybe they end up in the playoff. I'm sorry, and we'll never know. But I actually don't think they would have. I think they were going to leave Florida State out regardless, just because of their quarterback situation. But either way, that's a that's a different conversation. So. It sucks, and I'm not telling anybody that they're wrong for being upset, but if you just consider what you watch with your eyeballs all year, and especially knowing that Jawar Jordan was not the same dude in the last month of the season, and he didn't play tonight, neither did Jamari Thrash, I mean, it, it, it puts some things in perspective for you as far as just, you know, this isn't some unthinkable result. Doesn't mean it doesn't, doesn't mean it's anything other than what it is. It sucks, but I still look at this year overall as a great first season for Jeff Brom as far as establishing some things. Again, you finish in the top 15 in the final college football playoff rankings. I mean, some will say it's nonsense because of Louisville's schedule, all that, but I don't mean it still happened. I mean, it's still it's still real. So I um, I don't know. This has been therapeutic for me all throughout the year. And uh, I uh, appreciate everybody for uh, – for joining us throughout uh, all of these, I mean, this is this is an all-timer, John. Due to the uh, conference championship game, this was a was this a 14-game stretch for us? I think that's it was. true. 
It's a 14-game yeah. stretch. So, uh, good times. Again, appreciate everybody for joining us, not only tonight, but all throughout the season, even late, late at night, because I know there were plenty of those games. Big thanks to our, our family over at Thornton's for, uh, once again, helping us uh, make all this happen. And uh, that'll do it for us. We're back at it tomorrow afternoon. So please join us from 3 to 6 right here on Sports Talk 790. This has been the final edition of the Louisville Football Postgame Show 2023 right here on Sports Talk 790. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.